Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of HP Critical. It is a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Jarrell. I am joined by Kelly. Hey. And Brandon. Yo. And this week we are missing Gabe. Gabe, we miss you. Maybe miss you, I Gabe. do. I miss you. I don't oh want to talk for everybody. I miss you. I miss Gabe too. <laughs> Uh, but he will be back next week. Also, thanks for everyone who listened to last week's podcast. Um, it was a practice for us doing live podcasts, and now we're doing them possibly indefinitely. Not sure. Um, <laughs> but we're doing live podcasts now on Twitch, twitch.tv slash hpcritical, which obviously you would know if you're watching this one. Um, otherwise, if you're listening, you can definitely check it out on YouTube. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, literally everywhere that podcasts are, we are there. So if you don't catch us live, you can also catch us there. You can catch us on YouTube in a few days as well. Hey, um, and good news. Yeah, so, Grayson, yeah. did good. Grayson did pop in. He just put, popped Yay! in. A, he just said hi. <laughs> Grayson, I was just talking about you. All good things, I promise. Um, we're happy We're happy that I, we're doing podcasts early now because we definitely want to have you back on at some point, Gray. Yeah, I told him. He has to come on multiple times. Um, <laughs> I wanted him today, but things were a little last minute for me, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so, I did mention this to you guys that I want to start every episode with a question about gaming. A general question. It might be specific to a specific game. It might be a question in general. We don't know. We'll see. We'll see what I come up with. However, I have a question for you guys this week to start the podcast. Mm. And um, this week's question is, when will games, when, if ever, will games stop becoming time sinks? And by that, I mean, when will games stop being huge open world expanse expanses that take hours upon hours to finish? When will we stop getting DLC? When will we stop getting microtransactions? When will we get a game that just has a beginning to end, start to finish, um, if ever? And if we don't get one, is that something that you would like to see in the future? Okay, so before I answer, uh, Grayson just real quick said he would love to talk about Kirby soon. That sounds like a fun conversation. And uh, now to your question. Um, In regards to the first two-thirds of that, when will we stop getting open-world games and when will we stop getting DLC? I think that's something that's probably here to stay. Like, open-world games has become a genre in and of itself. And, you know, it's certainly not for everyone because open-world games by nature are very large games. And just there's many people who just don't have time for such games, or the open world game is is produced in such a state that it doesn't feel fun to explore it. There's, there's all kind of feelings people have it, but the fact is that there are people that still enjoy that genre and will continue to do so. Games are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as we go on. I don't think, yeah, I know that's a that's a crazy thing to think about, but I don't I don't think I I don't unfortunately see that like really going away. Like that's something that I think. Uh, you know, some people have their preference how big it is, but I think it's here to stay. As far as DLC, um, I want to I, I want to say that it'll probably slow down, but the real real reality of it is I don't think that'll either that will be going away either. I um, I feel like DLC is both in, in nature is both predatory and supplementary. There are some games mm-hmm. that I feel like really need it. I think. Or, you know, are just it just improved by it. And then there are some games that the DLC is just, like I just said, predatory, where yeah. it should have been on disc, it should have been in the full game, but you decided to, to charge a little extra for it. And, you know, some developers' justification to that is that, you know, games are getting very expensive to produce, and they justify that DLC is their way of getting a little extra revenue 
uh, to, you know, front the cost of the game that they helped develop to make and whatever. And, yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, some, some some games probably do need it. I don't know. I, cynically, I don't think all games really need DLC to do that. If it sells well, I think it'll pay for itself, but that's just me. Um, no, DLC, I think, is here to stay. There's people that are going to use it for good, and there's going to be people that are going to use it for bad, so I think that's going to stick around. Now, as far as microtransactions in games, that's kind of like a you know, extension of DLC, I feel. Um, but a lot of people aren't really liking microtransactions. I think the the optimist in me says it'll go down a little bit as the years go on, as Backlash continues to raise against it, and then it'll become more uh, macro-transactions, like, like actual DLC campaigns or stuff like that, as opposed to on the micro level. But it'll never go away completely. I just think that if enough people make their voices heard, it'll probably... Um, it's not be as prevalent. But again, that's optimistically speaking. Who knows if that's actually going to be. And finally, is it something that you would want to see in the future? Or are you content with having these huge brawling games that take hours to finish? When it comes to open world games, there's very few of in that genre that I, I find myself playing. Uh, I know Spider-Man was a big exception, for me, big exception for me because I just adored exploring that big world. Breath of the Wild was another exception for me because it was fun to explore those worlds. And I remember back in the day, I really enjoyed uh, exploring GTA V's world as well. So, no, there's a few that I dabble in, but I haven't played an Assassin's Creed games in probably a, a game in over a decade, for example, because that's a little overwhelming for me. And there's a lot of where I feel the same way about it. Uh, so I don't, I, don't, I don't particularly want to see open world games go. They have their audience, and I think the, the ones that do it right are very good. Uh, DLC, I wouldn't want it to go away because I think a lot of games are better for having a little extra content in addition to what you get. Not every game needs it, but the ones that do, uh, you know, are better for it. Microtransactions can go, though. Like, <laughs> there's there, there's very few games where I'm like, oh, yeah, microtransactions. Let's go. Like, uh, like for a costume, maybe. That's probably as far as I would go. Like, if you want to get, like, a little optional costume for a character that you're playing, you don't have to. You just want your character to look that certain way. I, I personally think that's okay. But beyond that, I'm not a big fan of it. So that can go. Um, so I don't know if Grayson's still watching, but Grayson is the lead guides editor at Game Rant. And mm. um, one of the reasons I brought this up is because of a news story that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, but I'll tell you guys it's the title of it, which is um, New Ubisoft Tech Threatens Worlds with Even Bigger Games. And that's the topic <laughs> that we're going to talk about. Oh, and yeah. What on Twitter, and um, he had this, like, he quote tweeted it uh, with, like, a, I think it was, like, a crying face or, like, an exasperated face or something. Mm -hmm. And, of course, being, I wish he was here so I could talk to him. Um, unfortunately, my fault that he's not here. Um, but, of course, being a lead guides editor, m I'm sure that most of his job uh, is going to be harder and harder with, you know, bigger open worlds. Like, the, the bigger the world is the more work guide uh, writers are going to have to do, the harder it is for them. You know, we have some guides over at HP Critical. We, Critical, we haven't done any huge open world things. The more I play Elden Ring, the more I'm like, oh my god, when does this game stop growing? Like, it literally just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm like, holy shit, like, yeah, I just saw um, Brendan Groom, I believe, had a tweet uh, from Past Controller, who's also been on the show before. He had a tweet, um, that he finished well he's stopping elden ring for now and he has like 167 hours in that game oh my god i'm just like ha like i don't want to spend 167 hours on a game whether i'm enjoying it or not like i've i've spent over 100 hours in a game and i've come away from it thinking wow that was a really awesome experience 
But I've also come away from some of them, like Persona 5, thinking, damn, I wish that was 50 hours shorter. Like, I've enjoyed all of my time in it, but I wish that I could move on. There are so many good games out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start playing something like Elden Ring, it essentially has no real stopping point. It's kind of like Breath of the Wild. When you start something that's huge and open world, it doesn't really have an end goal that is, sure. um, you know, a, a set amount of time, which is kind of why I love personally um, uh, 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 story-driven narratives that are linear. I like linear games because I'd be trying to finish. Like, <laughs> I want to start, see the middle, and end the game. That's what I want to do. And then I want to move on to the next game and move past my backlog. Of course, this could just be because I have a huge backlog. But I think open worlds are great. I think that we should continue to have open worlds. However, I don't think they should be, you know, like, I don't think that they should, whatever, spend as much time in open worlds as you want. Um, I do also think that, unfortunately, the time for just having games and finishing them is gone. Another thing that happened recently was uh, Testament, and the new character for Guilty Gear Strive is coming, and I was super excited about uh, Testament, which I'm also going to talk about a little bit later. However... I don't know. I played Strive, like, yesterday for, like, two seconds. I don't remember how many original characters there are, but a big pet peeve of mine is when fighting games have paid DLC characters. Because Mm. a lot of the time, I just feel like, damn, y'all sold an incomplete game. Because if I'm going to a competition and there's a character that I want to use, and I can't use that character because I haven't paid for them, but I also paid, you know, 60 bucks to buy this full game, and I'm locked out of content that other people get to access, um, I think it's very different when it's um, going against you. You know, I can say the same thing about Smash Ultimate, right? Like, how many people bought Sora and can use him, but if I didn't chuck up the extra six bucks after paying full price for this game whenever it released, I don't even remember when it released at this point, um, how is that fair? Like, how is that fair that you guys could potentially have an advantage over me, um, and it doesn't seem like it's going to stop? Like, every fighting game going forward seems to have the same thing of just, here's a base roster, and we're going to charge you for more characters as we go. And, like, that kind of sucks. I don't think it's going to stop, but I wish it would. Um, And then Grayson... Is in yeah. chat, sorry. And he said, yeah, how about we use that tech to make games smaller? That's, I, <laughs> I am a big proponent for that as well, because we've talked about this before, I'm sure. But if you have big open worlds and there's nothing in them, they're useless. Use that tech to make smaller worlds, but fill them with a bunch of cool shit. Uh, I mean, stuff. Damn it, I said I wasn't going to say any bad words. Rats. Um, but, uh, uh, Brendan, you had something to say, and then Kelly, you can obviously answer the same question. Yeah. I was just going to say, fighting games DLC is in a weird gray area for me because I, I, for most fighting games, I agree with you that if you if your roster didn't feel full and then DLC, you need a DLC to make it full, then it's like you said, yeah, you're shipping a complete game, but I don't feel right. Um, but there are some fighting games where I think um, having the DLC is cool. Smash is a great example because even if you didn't buy any DLC in that game, that was already like 70 characters. So that's definitely, mm-hmm. I would definitely not qualify that as an incomplete game. Um, that was okay. just what I don't think the game is incomplete. What I'm yeah. saying is it's not fair. I think it's not fair sure. in a competitive style game to mm. potentially, and this I'm saying potentially, to potentially have someone have an advantage over you because they have a DLC character that they paid for. I don't think that's fair. Sure, that's fair. And uh, the other point I was going to make in regards to, um, uh, well, fighting games in general having DLC 
was from a marketing from a marketing standpoint, I think I've seen more hype surrounding DLC for fight even for people who don't even play fighting games. I've seen more uh, hype for DLC and fighting games than I do for like any other DLC in like games. Like a game that's really popular gets a DLC story chapter. I don't hear as many people talking about that as like uh, uh, when a fighting game character gets announced, especially for Smash. That was like, and my point that I bring up with that is that. In a way, it helps the marketing of that fighting game because it keeps the hype cycle going. Like, but it's true though. Like, like whether you agree with it or not, like the people will start talking about the game again when a new character gets announced. Um, doesn't mean they'll so, pick it up, but but it does. But what it does mean for the marketing is one more more people will talk about it. Uh, two, if that particular character that gets added to fighting game happens to be like you know your favorite, you may end up buying the whole game and getting that DLC character for the, the for that. Um, for that one character. That applies even to Street Fighter as well. I don't think a lot of people would buy a Street Fighter game um, for a new character, but if it's like this old character, they're like, oh my god, that was my main back in Street Fighter 2. Now they're in the game? Hell yeah, I'm going to buy it now. That's just an example. Like, it, 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 helped, okay. it, it helped sell the game for okay. some people. I hear you. And yes. I'm not disagreeing that it's not, you know, a, a, a marketing thing, because obviously it is great for marketing for the video game. However... Mm -hmm. I still don't think it's fair to charge people. Why could it? And I know this is a really bad business move, obviously, um, which I'm sure Kelly's going to tell me this is a really bad business move. But why can't you, if you're really that passionate about the game, make these characters free or purchasable with in-game points like Street Fighter does? Um, uh, either, you know, purchasable with in-game points or completely free to everyone. And mm -hmm. then you still do the same marketing campaign. And now... Someone who might have spent $5 on a character for, extra, uh, you know, an extra character, or someone who might not have even bought the game, instead of just spending 5 bucks on a character, they might go buy the entire game now, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, right. And then you might get, you know, another person who's more willing to purchase this game with a more filled-out roster, in, in exam, uh, using Street Fighter V as an example. And these games last for years. You know, Street Fighter V is still on year, like, 5, I think, at this point, and they just released their last DLC character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I get that fighting games last like for a very long time, but since we're talking about them specifically, I feel like you get the same amount of hype if the character's free versus if the character is five bucks. And don't get me wrong, five bucks for a Smash character is great because it comes with its own uh, battle map, it comes with its own uh, music, like it comes with a lot of stuff for five bucks. I think it's mm -hmm. a great value. However, I still go back to it's still not fair for for competitive play. Like it, it just is. Mm -hmm. It's not fair period. And you can still do the marketing, still get great marketing, and probably even better marketing if you're like, hey, we're done with this game, but we really enjoy it. We know the fans want to keep having more things. So here's Sora. Here's Byleth. Here's a bunch of really cool characters that are awesome for free to keep the longevity of the game going. And essentially, you might have more people buy the game later. And then this just literally reminds me of Street Fighter 5, no, Street Fighter 4, I think it was, mm -hmm. that had like Street Fighter 4, Street Fighter 4 Ultimate, Street Fighter 4 Ultimate Max Edition, Street Fighter 4 Ultimate Max Edition Plus. Plus everything else like that game was released there like was, 10 times there was that as four versions of that game <laughs> and it's the same game just with extra dlc and then everyone yeah. who purchased the original that spent extra money to get all the dlc is now fucked over when you buy the game later on with all the dlc included and mm. that's just more money going to capcom not fair it's not fair okay kelly i'm sorry 
<laughs> we just went on a huge tangent that was unexpected. Um, but do you think games are ever going to stop with the huge open world, no DLC, no transactions, like when that time is going to be? Yeah, um, and if you don't, is it something that you would like to see stop or would you like to see it continue? So, uh, um... <laughs> I feel like now I've had time to think. I um, So I think that time of gaming has kind of passed. Like, if you look at, like, old games, that's what they were. Like, yeah. there was no DLC. They were just kind of like, oh, you just walk over there and do that, and you can do the story, and that was it. So um, to be honest, the genre that I play a lot is horror games, and that's exactly how they are. You're not dilly-dallying. You're getting through that shit. <laughs> yes. um, you're just like, I'm running to the end. I don't care. Um, but I was thinking that... Like, so that's, I don't really care for open world games. Like, I like to get to the end. I want to see it through. Um, a game that I played recently that I played till the end was Bioshock. Like, it was just mm. like, okay, I'm going through this. I'm at the end. There's a complete story. That's great. Mm. Same thing with, like, hor horror games, although there's um, a lot of pausing because I'm terrified. <laughs> um, so I, I like those games. I don't think that open world games are going to end as we get more like memory and stuff in video game consoles. They can get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I I don't really play them, so I don't really want to say I hope they go away. Um, <laughs> but what I'll say for microtransactions, and I don't know about fighting games because I don't play them, like whatever. But the cost of games over the last 20 years has been relatively the same with the exception of PS5 games that are now $70. Like, like games for the SNES were literally like 60 bucks. <clears throat> yeah. So that was 1990. So, okay. Like games for the 360 were 60. Like 50 and $60 has been like the average price of games. They're still $60. I think microtransactions and battle passes and uh, DLC and stuff is just a way for them to make more money off the game without charging you more upfront. And to be honest, I don't disagree. The price of games has been the same. I mean, the Xbox 360, I don't want to like make us feel old, but that was 20 years ago. It was almost 20 years ago, 2005. Oh my God. Yeah, so we're getting like, there. <laughs> six, $60 has been the same for 20 years. Okay, the price of chicken is like tripled. Yeah. I mean, everything is going up and they've kept the price of games relatively the same. Um, and they're better. <laughs> if we're being honest, games are so much better now. Sure. Um, there's so much more to do. There's so much more time. Like if you're spending 200 hours in a game, like there, you're getting more than your money's worth in my opinion, oh, yeah. um, which is, which is great for you. But I would say that microtransactions and battle passes and like, I buy like all the DLCs for dead by daylight, even though I don't even play it, uh, whatever. I do it. I pay monthly subscriptions. I do this because I realize that the cost of games hasn't really gone up. I've never complained about microtransactions because, yeah, I'm gonna buy, you know, a broomstick and a witch outfit if I want to play 14. <laughs> and then buy me one because you and then, me. <laughs> and then buy all of my friends them too. Like, I just want to spend money on video games. It's fun. It's cute. Like, cosmetic items, I'm so in. Like, I'm invested. Um, that's why I kind of don't see a problem with microtransactions. As long as you're not like, um, we talked about like the, God, what were they? Like the boxes, the gambling. Oh, loot box yeah, loot yeah, boxes. Yeah. So like that kind of stuff. No, but like if you're just buying something off a store, it's a microtransaction or buying a DLC for, God, the DLCs for Dead by Daylight, I get them on sale for like $6. Like yeah. I don't consider that a problem. Uh, but then again, you know, some people do. Um, but that was also not a full price $60 game. 
So mm-hmm. for the whole, I probably haven't even spent $60. I, I have, never mind. I have. <laughs> um, but like, that's why I don't really care for micro or care about microtransactions. Um, I know the games like Star Wars Battlefront 2 were like really like just ripped apart for that, but I just don't. The game was 60 bucks. 2005, a game was 60 bucks. What are you expecting? And games are longer and they look better and everything. Like, what? I don't know. I think that, I mean, exactly what I said. I don't think it's a ripoff really to pay. I paid for Black Ops 3 for the badass edition $100. I don't regret it. I used to love that game. I don't play Call of Duty that much anymore because, you know, things, but <laughs> I used to spend a lot of my money on that. Like I got every DLC. I literally practically would have just done it for the zombies. Like I don't care. <laughs> you know, like I'll spend my money on video games. It's something that I allot in my like monthly budget is like games. That's awesome. Xbox um, Game Pass, <laughs> Final Fantasy, <laughs> like whatever. Which- which, you know, Gabe's not here and he talked mad shit but, um, <laughs> about Game Pass, but I'm pretty sure he just signed up for Game Pass, so he can did. confirm next week um, when he's here. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons I, I brought this question up is because of the story that we're about to talk about, but also because some people feel like sometimes games are just too long. And, uh, and I think that's fair, and I think that, um, you know, sometimes developers might lose sight along the way of what this game is meant to be or they'll just make it open world because they think that's what people want and then it just becomes like i mentioned before an open world area that has no real substance to it or something that becomes too much of a time sink that you just can't finish it or something that becomes too much of a time sink that it begins to affect your personal life and then we get to talking about whether it's uh, you know, whether it's safely affecting, you know, your personal life, etc. There are a bunch of things that go into really long games, however. To move on to the story, uh, new Ubisoft tech threatens world with even bigger games. Assassin's Creed and Far Cry games are already too big, so we should all be scared about this. This is by Zach Zwiezen from Kotaku, and it says, quote, Over the weekend, as part of a preview ahead of this year's GDC, Ubisoft revealed a new cloud-based technology it's developing. According to the Assassin's Creed publisher, this new tech named Scalar will allow its team to create even bigger worlds than what's uh, what's currently possible. Um, Ubisoft is threatening us, uh, (laughs) quote, no, you read that last sentence correctly. Ubisoft is threatening us with bigger games, even as it releases games that are arguably far too big already. And to that, I say, Ubisoft, stop and think about this. Please, I beg you. End quote. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, um... That person's very, uh, very upset about the length of um, video games. Um, and, and then it also links to another article at Kotaku titled Assassin's Creed Valhalla is too damn long. I didn't play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I know Gabe did. I'm pretty sure he didn't finish it. Um, <laughs> and I guess we kind of answered this already, but I did want to bring up the, the, the article that it was from. So I'll just ask you guys, do you think that games can be too long? Just... Yes or no? Do you think games can be too long? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, elaborate if you want to, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I will. I will. Like, so to answer whether a game can be too long, I think it can. So an open world game is an interesting thing because that most open world games can be as short or as long as you want them to. You can just beeline the story and you'll probably finish that pretty quick despite the size of the world or if you want to get lost in the world you can spend so much long where i think the problem comes in 
is if the story runs out of things to do, I think. Because for those who do want to do just the core story of the game, um, developers have a tendency, if you're in this big open world, to really force you to explore that world, whether you want to or not. And that can sometimes create a storyline that may grow a little long in the tooth before you're really ready to. I think I think if someone is being brought up to an open world, um, you know, the, despite the contrary to popular belief, just because you're playing an open world game doesn't mean you're going to always want to explore it. Or maybe you'll want to explore it a little bit and realize, oh, I just want to finish the story now. I've, I've had my fill. I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody playing deals will want to do every single thing or explore every nook and cranny of that world. Sometimes they just really want to see the story. And if it continually forces you, then, yeah, I would qualify that as being uh, as too long if you're forced to. Um, I think ga- games in general should should uh, not uh, should not overstay their welcome. I feel uh, they they should, and if it's an open world game, I just feel like it should be as long as the player wants because that's the nature of those kind of games. Um, I only I chuckled because when you said games in general, in my head I finished that sentence, but I finished it for myself. <laughs> What'd you finish? And it with? I said games in general should not be over a hundred hours. <laughs> and I was like, for me, yeah, for so me yeah, personally. So here, I so feel yeah. Like once so, I hit the hundred hour mark, I'm good. I have 335 hours in Animal Crossing. I cannot tell you what 200 hours, 200 of those hours are. I don't know. I have no yeah. idea what the fuck I did. And so, now I feel like, what, what could I have done instead of spending an additional 235 hours in Animal Crossing? Yeah. So Do I even a, still play it anymore? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? It'll be a mystery for all. I was just, <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah, I agree. Like, if your story is like over 100 hours, this would probably be, be uh. That's a problem. The only exception in my whole life that I've come to take such that was Persona because somehow, somehow, uh, Persona Five and it's uh, with a, with an exception of like one chapter I would say has for that uh, for for the for the it's a hundred hour length not managed to make me bored that I was actually enthralled to keep going again excluding one chapter. Yeah, with an exception, that's what I mean. You see, that's yeah. exactly what I mean. So it could yeah. have been less than a hundred hours and been perfect. If you However, cut that one part, that- sure. There's that one chapter that takes it over 100 hours, and it's like, y'all had really good idea. It's like when a season of a show goes just one season too long. Yeah, like, yep, yep. We were good, and now we're not. Kelly? It just depends. It really just depends on, like, what kind of person you are. I feel like that's someone's opinion. Like, I'm the type of person, like, I'm bored. I'm bored so quickly. But my boyfriend... He wants to explore every nook and cranny. He is like into it. He like will build these crazy things in Fallout 4. Well, he used to. I guess it's kind of over now. But like he would just like put a thousand hours or something in. Like I've never. Like I'm bored. If you're trying to get me for a thousand hours, I'll be dead before you get it. Like no. Like I can't do it. But some people want to like just hyper focus on a game for hundreds of hours and that's all they play. Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've never been that if i put in 100 hours i better be to the end or like i'm not gonna see the end you know god even 30 hours if i'm not you know. <laughs> i was gonna yes <laughs> I was, yes i was gonna say real quick before you continue um as as happy as i am like i wouldn't trade this about me that i play as many different games i do but that being said every now and then i do feel just a tat just a teeny bit envious of those people that can spend maybe 
you know, $180 on like three games that are open world and, and just, just that's, and that's, and, and, that's, and, that's and, and that's their game for the, for the entire year. Cause they're just okay playing those three uh, games for the whole year. They only, they only spent 180 on games. Like, like I have like a lot of cousins. The only game that they'll buy each year is the new, um, NBA Madden and Call of Duty. That's the three games of the year. And they will play them endlessly with them. And that, that's it. That's all they spend. And I'm like, you know what? I, it's not my life, but I respect that. You sent me a lot of money. Yeah. And of course, this was, I, I asked you guys just personally, are games too long? Um, because it's exactly what Kelly mentioned. And, you know, I, I said 100 hours. However, I, you know, I already mentioned I have over 300 hours in Animal Crossing. I have even more than that in Pokemon Sword and Shield. So, like, I'm one of those people that I'm talking shit about because. I did a bunch of Pokemon battling in Sword and Shield, and so I spent a lot of time shiny hunting in that game, and yeah, so I understand. Um, let's move on. The mm -hmm. Steam Deck now supports Xbox Game Pass and Cloud, thanks to help from Microsoft. Microsoft's subscription service comes to Steam Deck with some caveats. This is by Logan Plant from IGN.com. It says, quote, Valve Steam Deck has joined the ever-growing list of devices compatible with some form of Xbox Game Pass, as the Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta is now available for owners of Valve's handheld gaming PC. On Twitter, Xbox Cloud Gaming's head of product and strategy, Catherine Gluckstein, said it was a collaborative effort between Valve and Microsoft to get xCloud and Game Pass working on Steam Deck. And, as it turns out, Valve got a lot of help from Microsoft to get the service up and running. Um, so... I brought this one up because I think it's really, really cool that uh, Xbox is working with Valve to ensure that Game Pass is available on this on-the-go style um, gaming console slash computer. And I think it's just another great option for Game Pass for people. And I looked at the, the Game Pass roster a few days ago before my Game Pass ran out. And I thought, there are quite a few games on here that I would 100% play on the go. And I thought this was a brilliant, um, just a brilliant strategy for both Valve and Microsoft to come together and work and ensure that people are able to get and play their uh, PC games on PC on the go. I know there were some issues, especially with um, Final Fantasy XIV being playable on um, Steam Deck because of something happening with uh the the uh steam and the login and how it worked and um <laughs> if i'm not mistaken which i could be gabe newell who you know is the creator of all of this he he used to play final fantasy 14 constantly on his steam deck until they fucked it up um and, and <laughs> oh, like man. there there are literally videos of him because i think he was help he was talking about and i don't know the exacts of it but he was talking about um helping his son a lot mm -hmm. and so he would play uh, 14 on the Steam Deck and he would like play with his son while his son was on PC and you know he could move around and do everything and, and all that stuff and so he was using that as a tactic to sell the Steam Deck and then you know Final Fantasy 14 fucked it up. So um, that's why people say don't put, buy FF14 on uh, through Steam because of all the issues. Mm -hmm. That's neither here nor there though. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think about uh, Xbox Game Pass coming to the Steam Deck? That's dope as hell, if I'm being real. Are you going to have to have a subscription for that, or will it be on, like, the PC one? I assume that it's going to be connected to your PC one. Okay, because I'm not paying for, like, another... A separate... Yeah, no, for... Oh, God. Yeah. But I just checked the dates on my um, 
Yeah, it's going to be probably a, almost a year before I actually get it. Like from the time that I pre-ordered. Uh, I pre-ordered July of last year. And the expected order delivery is April to June of this year. Jeez. Um, $500, God. Yeah. That, just take it out of your, your gaming fund. I'm, buy <laughs> I'm buying a house, Jarrell. There's I mean, no gaming fund. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to live underneath my Steam Deck. I mean, it'll, it'll you'll have the rain. hours and hours of entertainment. Like, just play Animal Crossing and pretend that that's your real house. Okay. Well, done, my, my Animal Crossing house is very small. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, all right. And I just have a bed. I haven't decorated my Animal Crossing Kelly, house. We need to. We need to call. We need to call Marissa to give you like a donation so you can make your house. We're gonna like. Marissa's got. Marissa's got money. Come to she Prometheus. She does. Uh, so. Uh, Steam Deck, as mentioned, is um, it, it, it now works on uh, Linux operating system, but they are working to get Windows uh, operating system as available um, with Windows support on the Steam Deck eventually. So um, pretty soon, for those of you who actually have one, you might be able to uh, hop into um, a Steam Deck with Windows on it, which would make, uh, I'm assuming, would make everything so much easier at that point. Assume. Um, so Fortnite Chapter 3 Season 2 Resistance has not only added Doctor Strange and Prowler to its battle pass, but it also removed building wow. from the battle royale. It's not a typo. Building has been removed for this event. This is from IGN.com. They took the fort out of Fortnite. I saw that on someone's Twitter and it was hilarious. Um, and it's just for, for the, the length of this event. Uh, how do you guys feel? about hearing the news that Fortnite is going to have an event where you can't build. I think they've I opened even the know if they had it already. Did they have it already? Uh, I, already I, don't, had it. I don't remember. I was going to say, I think this has opened up some floodgates because, like, obviously, yes, the building aspect is a major part of Fortnite's gameplay. But I feel I mean, like... integral to the game. That's why it's called Fortnite. Exactly. I just wonder, like, the people who play Fortnite regularly... And are trying out this mode or trying it for the first time upon hearing that the building has been removed won't be like ooh, can we make this like a not 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 the whole core game to get rid of it forever obviously that i would never say that but what but i feel like people are gonna be like well, what if there was a mode where you could just not build and just go shooty blamps and not build anything and like my my knee-jerk reaction is like i mean you could just play apex legends no <laughs> no they are not the same. They are not the same because Fortnite has like significantly more characters for for starters, and we can go and we can and we can go further than that, I'm sure. But like my my point is, I think people are going to look at Fortnite removing the building thing and just be like, can can that just be a mode? And 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 I feel like people are going to ask for that. Like people are getting a taste of that. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, this sucks. I want to build stuff, and a lot of people are going to be like, but I don't want to build stuff. I'm just wondering. So, I'm wondering how the aftermath of this event is going to go. I'm wondering where where people will be speaking. I, I again, I think the rational thing is to ask it for it to be an option. If you're at, if you're if you're going to go to and asking get rid of building forever in Fortnite, you're crazy. That's not what that game is. But I think as an option, I don't think that sounds too unrealistic. Not for Fortnite money, anyway. I spent. I I've played Fortnite with friends. I played with Grayson. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. I played with Gabe. I played with some other game journalist friends. Played with my personal friends. Played with some family members. Everyone can attest to the fact that I don't build. Because building in Fortnite takes a very specific skill set. Like, you have to learn how to build specifically on that controller. My nephews play a shit ton of Fortnite, or played. Now they've moved on to NBA and Madden, etc. Um, and I've watched them just go like, and build fucking houses. And I'm just like, how y'all build and aim at the same time? Like, maybe I'm too old, like, I don't know what's going on. Building takes a specific set of skills to do. I have never played with anyone aside from my nephews who's built uh, built anything in Fortnite. Anyone past the age of 25 is not building anything, in my personal experience, okay? <laughs> I, as far as I know, anyone that I've played with over the age of 24 and up has never built anything. We just go around shooting people and hoping for the best. The best we'll get is like one or two walls in front of us. Um, so to me, this was great. Like I was like... This is what I've been waiting for because I don't build. None of my friends build. Um, I saw a lot of people excited that they didn't have to build for a while. So I think I thought it was really cool to just do this as an event. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. really think it's gonna you know change anything in the long run whatsoever. I just thought it was a really cool event. And and Fortnite is v uh, such a different shooter than like any other free shooter that's out there. Like. There's so many crazy mechanics. It just feels different. Um, but Fortnite feels like fun. Uh, so, you know, if you if you if we booted up and played right now, like even mm -hmm. if we lost, we just have a ton of fun. But you know, some kids would build walls around themselves and then we die. But then with an event like this, we could kill them before they could build a wall because they couldn't. And I was like, oh shit, I could go be good. You know, like you can be good without building. I've won um, a battle royale without building before, um, so I just thought it was really fun. It was really cool. Uh, Kelly, did you have anything about this? No, I played Fortnite like one time. You, I did saw you like it. it? No, yeah, I couldn't really get into it. I thought it felt like unfinished when I played it. You know, oh. like there was like one mode or something. I'm like, is that it? Okay, I think this is it. When did you play? It was years ago. Oh my god! Probably when it first came out, and it was right. like, "This is all there is." And I'm like, "This is what people are so excited about." What the fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just i i try. I got it on my PC too, and I tried it. And I'm just like, it's just not for me. Mm. There's some games that once you've missed like a window, you're that's it. Animal Crossing. I don't know. Sure. Kelly's playing a lot, a lot for missing the window. Not. Okay, okay. Not yeah. not heavily, but more than <laughs> I think the average person jumping down and crossing now. It's a single player game. I mean, you could play yeah. with other people, but Fortnite is like for playing online battle royale, you know? So like if you miss that, everyone's too good. But like Animal Crossing is just like I'm just fucking around digging holes and shit. Like <laughs> all right. Oh no, you say it's a single player game, but I feel like it was an entire social thing for the time that it was that it came out and i do know people that have gotten it afterwards that have missed that wave and are not getting into it the same way as people who put in sure. 100 hours um even for the first time playing it um so yeah that's uh, uh, yes i agree with all of you though yes you're right fortnite is a thing and you had to be there i remember that i was there um i don't know if you guys know this but i did the like preview of fortnite like five fucking years ago or some shit. Like, I did a, a preview of Fortnite before it even came out, and I was, like, um, it was it was before it was, like, a it was before they had changed it into a PvP, like, Battle Royale type thing, when it was literally just a 
a uh, fight off zombies type mm-hmm. game. Like you would literally have to build and there were traps and it was preset and you would just shoot zombies with friends. Um, I did a preview for that game so many years ago and it has just evolved into a monster since then. And it's kind of crazy how far it's come. Honestly. Um, anyway, I'm moving on. Excuse me. Anyway, I'm moving on. Where is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we are. PlayStation Studios mm-hmm. has acquired another uh, uh, developer. They have acquired Haven Studios. Um, I'll read this tweet from Herman Holst that says, Excited to officially welcome Haven Studios, Inc. to PlayStation Studios. Super impressed by at IB Jade and her talented team and their vision for an original multiplayer game for PlayStation. Congrats mm-hmm. to everyone at Haven. The reason this is such a big deal, not only because it's another uh, acquisition of a developer under the PlayStation Studios name, people have said, and I want you guys' opinion about this, people have said that PlayStation needs its own original multiplayer game because Xbox has Halo, for example, um, and... Nintendo has a ton. Like, every Nintendo game is an original multiplayer game, almost. Mm. Um, But PlayStation is lacking in that content, in that corner. Um, Do you guys agree with that? I well, the fact that I can't think of one right off the bat, I think is probably the answer right there. <laughs> like there, there, there's been a few, but not, but yeah, Halo, Xbox, and Halo are synonymous, and that's definitely a you know it has a single player campaign, obviously, but it's definitely the multiplayer that really gets people interested in the Halo series. Uh, I would say more than most, um, and yeah, PlayStation doesn't really have something like that of that of that. Uh, scale on the multiplayer they have a lot of you know you know if you get this shooting game on playstation it'll have exclusive content and and they have like a lot of obviously great single player focused games on on playstation from uncharted last of us god of war and so on yeah that is something that when you when you really think about it as far as an exclusive playstation thing that that they are kind of liking (laughs) destruction all-stars definitely wasn't that it that thing was like dead within three days in the online community so yeah, I think it would behoove them to um, get something like that for themselves that they could possibly use to compete with Xbox because I think that's the only thing um, that they are probably lacking. That uh, a, a definitive brand that's PlayStation that this is multiplayer. A lot of people are playing it. Yeah, because you know a lot of people are playing multiplayer games on PlayStation, but they're not <laughs> PlayStation exclusive games. Yeah, exactly. I- to be honest, I think that window is past. I think that if you didn't make Halo or make a game then, if you didn't make a Halo or a Call of Duty franchise, you're not going to be able to get one because none of the shooters really stick like that. Like, what other shooters? Battlefield? Like, but it's not a PlayStation thing. Like, n- like I just don't feel like there's, like, the ability to just have a new game that's going to stick and that's going to be, like, PlayStation PlayStation's shooter. You know, I just don't know. There was a time when Halo was out and it was like, okay, cool. Like, and it's just become a franchise, but I think that it's going to be a lot harder now to get something to stick and it be a PlayStation game. I had a question actually, um, Jarrell, like in that, in that, um, was the question like, uh, what would they do? Like, uh, a PlayStation uh, multiplayer game that, you know, synonymous PlayStation or specifically shooter. 
Because actually, I was a little um, it wasn't, No, it wasn't specifically Shooter. Um, they just okay. mentioned that they would be working on an original multiplayer game for PlayStation. Got it. Um, so what I was going to say was, I actually do agree with Kelly that if you didn't make it during that time, it's going to be really hard to get in. Like Halo, Call of Duty, and Battlefield have really kind of dominated the mind space in terms of like... Uh, I guess premium shooters, and then of course you have your Apex and Fortnite on the uh, Battle Royale free shooter market. It's really hard to, it's going to be really hard to get you to it. But if we're talking like general multiplayer, I mean, I think there's definitely room for PlayStation to come up with something that's uniquely their brand and it's multiplayer. Whether it's popular is the question though, because again, like I mentioned before, they tried with Destruction All Stars. They even had that as a PS Plus to really encourage people to try it, and it didn't take off. Now, that could be partially because not a lot of people had PS5s at the time. Had they released that later, could it have been a different story? It might have lasted, at the, at the very least, it might have lasted longer than a week. So, who knows? But, yeah, I, I do think there's there's room for PlayStation to try that. Um, but it has to be a really good idea. It has to be something that really sticks. And that's not easy to really quantify. <laughs> like, shooters are, are, are easy because you make a first person have the good things. But, again, it's hard to get into that right now. So, I feel like they're going to have to think outside the box and hope it works. Um, uh, I agree with what Kelly said, and mm. I was gonna say, you know, what they had was the Call of Duty exclusives. Um, sure. you know, they had that that early access. They had the early access to the map. They had that that you know that deal that they PlayStation had with Call of Duty. Um, but now that Activision is being purchased um by by Xbox by Microsoft rather, um, you know, I'm sure that in the future that exclusivity is going to be gone. So they don't even have that come buy first and play first, this shooter on PlayStation. Um, and, and I think they were, they were doing very well by, by, um, holding on to that for so long and having that contract for so long because, you know, it's not cross play. So you're going to go to the shooter where your friends are also on the shooter at. And the people that are really playing this game are going to want all the exclusives. They're going to want all the extra DLC. They're going to want to play first. They're going to want to go to the midnight releases and play it as soon as possible. And to do all of those things, you had to play on PlayStation. And usually what happens is that if you start playing on PlayStation, all your friends who are joining you are going to be on PlayStation. Most people don't, you know, play Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 on PlayStation and then switch to 4 on Xbox unless, um, you know, every one of your friends all goes over. Um, sure. And then, and of course, there are incentives to stay on PlayStation. So with those incentives gone, it's going to be interesting to see if if people stay loyal to PlayStation because they've been playing this franchise on PlayStation for so long. Or if they're like... If this shit is free on Game Pass, why the fuck would we pay $70? Like, if you don't have to have an entire group play 70 bucks to play the same game together, when you could all just get Game Pass for, if you've never had it, for a dollar, and then you can all just play Call of Duty for free for for a dollar together, um, possibly earlier, it'll be really interesting to see what happens to Call of Duty going forward. Um, that was a little bit of a tangent. All PlayStation has to do is make Overwatch, um, but with... PlayStation characters. That's it. Mm, Make okay. Overwatch PlayStation characters. Overwatch is super popular. Nobody wants to play it anymore because of Blizzard fucking being disgusting. Oh That's my not god. True. People are still playing it. I but just like just take that concept, make it with a bunch of PlayStation characters. Like literally make the same game. It's fine. I, I, I was I was just thinking, like, as you brought it up, I didn't even think about this when you were asking the initial question. <laughs> they also tried to do that with PlayStation All-Stars, but that also didn't work out. 
Be- for all for I several have to reasons. All it's re-release PlayStation All Stars, but make it like Smash. That's what they did, the, though. And I, well, no. we'll make it exactly it like Smash. Is what the, you're saying? Yes, and that was also okay. a bad time for that game. There's gonna sure. be no like it, right now. Smash Ultimate is done, right? We're not getting another. As far as we know, we're not getting another Smash game. Like, make that shit. Get some guest characters. Do the same thing. Everybody's that's, just gonna hop over. It's fine. That's kind of what's happening now. Like a lot of a lot of people are just making their Smash like games because we mm-hmm. just got the Nickelodeon All Stars game, which is still getting some DLC. I don't know how much more. Um, we're getting that uh, uh, multi versus game, that free to play game with the WB characters as well. Everybody's like Smash, <laughs> Smash yeah. is dead. It's, a, the, it's our time now. Speaking of dead things, um, <laughs> <What's that? laughs> Netflix's live-action Avatar: The Last Airbender season one will reportedly have a budget of more than fifteen million. Um, that says fifteen million per episode, with a season total fifteen million of more per than, episode with a season total of more than one hundred and twenty million dollars. Oh. Under that tweet, someone said, "Just take that money and make an animated series." So. <laughs> Uh, my question to you guys is, are you excited about watching on a live-action Avatar, or do you agree they should take that money and just make another animated series? What would you like to see? Okay, so, like, <laughs> um, I don't know if exci- I, I don't know if excited is the word for this live-action Avatar La- Last Airbender series. Um, I, I, at the very least, I don't think it'll be as bad as the live-action movie they did a few years ago. But I don't think that's a very high bar either. I don't like. I don't think it's necessarily going to be awful, but I don't think it's. I, I I just have doubts about it. I I'm like I'm just I'm not confident optimistic. I'm not pessimistic. I'm just like it'll happen and we'll just we'll see. Uh, maybe it'll surprise me. Um, as far as where they should put that to another animated series, I don't even know because I loved Avatar: Last Airbender and I loved its sequel series, The Legend of Korra. Um, but that being said, I don't know what else they could do with another animated series. It could be just another Avatar after Korra, or it could be one of the older Avatars. But if I'm being honest, as much as I love those two shows, I don't know how much interest I have in that. I'd watch it if they did it, but, like, I feel like there's only so much they could do. And Korra's reception was already mixed. I loved it, but there's a lot of people that didn't like Korra. Um, so I feel like even if they did another animated series what's to stop from going the other way? And where would they even show that? Because Legend of Korra had to eventually, for its later season, like the second half of season three and all of season four, had to be online only because the creators wanted specific things out of that Korra series. Nickelodeon was saying no. They did it anyway. So in a bit... so it is still on Netflix, but what I'm saying is when it was originally no, 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 aired, they would show it on Netflix. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, this yeah, would not be a problem. Netflix. This. Yeah, this would not be a problem if it went on Netflix, which is thank goodness. But I know the original run of Korra got they got messed up by um, Nickelodeon was saying you, you can't do this. Oh, we're doing it anyway. Fine. Then you're going only on online. We're not putting that shit on TV. I'm like what the? <laughs> it was it was it, yeah. So yeah, so yeah. If you wanted to watch the second half of season three or uh, any of season four, you had to watch that thing online. They did not air it until like many years later. It was it was kind of a shit show. If I'm being real, and then they and then like. Um, Minor spoiler: It was revealed that Cora was like it was was like was a lesbian at the end of the. Oh, he doesn't want to hear it. Was lesbian at the end of Legend of Cora. <laughs> wow, you waited until I put. I didn't wait. I, I paused. I didn't finish. 
I put him on and, there and, early. And, yeah, you did. You did. Whatever. I thought we already talked about that. I we did. We, already... we did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I that's thought a, it was that... something else. So. No, no, no. That's 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 it. Like, um, and they didn't let them like really show that. They just had to imply it at the end. So, apparently, comics like you know went on to confirm that. But I don't really call it comics. They have? <laughs> did they have like kissing in the first ep- one? Uh, kissing and that girl. That was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, 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 they had. Oh, they had. They had. Yeah, there was there was heterosexual kissing in that show. They just they, I don't remember. Sokka and, and his girlfriend or hanging no, Katara. No, no. Hanging Katara. That was the like end. the last episode of season yeah. of season three. The final episode basically. They they kissed. Yes. All I remember is him fighting that guy. Yeah, that did happen. It was a great fight. Damn, I really huh? want to watch, watch that show. <laughs> so lo- the long winded thing is live action show, eh, we'll see how it goes. Animated shows, if they make it, cool. But I'm not like chopping at the bit for more animated Avatar Man. world. If y'all gave me fifteen million dollars per episode, I would make the silliest, craziest shit in the world. Oh my god! Well, it would just... be Avatar, but it would be so fucking extra. Oh my god! Well, this just goes back to another thing: is like, why does like um. I, I'm, I, I say this as someone that does check out like live action adaptations of things. Like I thought the live action Aladdin was pretty good, honestly, and the live action Mulan was really good. But that being Ooh, said, I, I but, stopped watching it. I thought it was so bad. No, you stopped watching it. Yep, didn't they need to fi- they need to finish it though. <laughs> that, that movie goes places. But that's another to- topic. No, I just think in general, like regardless of how good or bad these live action adaptations of animated things go, why does it always need to happen? I think at the like the live action show it could be good, but I don't think it's going to be as good, as good as the original thing. Like, why does it have to be live action? I mean, the answer is money, right. of course. I'll but... answer your question. <laughs> What's up? I think that, and I'll make this quick because I feel like we've been talking about this for too long already. I think that um, it should be a live action because I think that a lot of people might be able to experience it who maybe don't want to watch cartoons. And as long as they uh, do a very good job at being faithful to the source material, you can get a lot of new fans. Like, maybe my mom doesn't want to watch a cartoon, but I'm like, hey, Avatar's really freaking good. If they're able to convey what the what the animated series conveys with actual actors that are POC and it's, and it's really, like, and they actually use that $15 million to make something that is going to be as emotional of a ride as the, uh, you know, animated series is, or at least close to it, I think that's a great idea. I think um, my, my nieces and nephews might not want to watch the cartoon form, but um, they might be way more interested in seeing people have these powers in real life. So, yeah, that's why I think it'd be great. Um, Kelly, yes. did you have anything to say about this? Uh, I'll make it quick. The thing is about anime is that it's so, like niche like and there's a certain like magic to it like you know there's a certain like facial expressions like there's a lot to it that's really special to that and i feel like with cowboy bebop when they did the live action it's good like it's it's good it's true to the story it's like good it's well done but like it's not the same it's there's just something missing because you can do a lot more in a cartoon than you can do in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, special effects have come a long way, but you're still able to do so much more, like, you know, in a cartoon because you're just drawing it. It could be anything, you know, there's endless possibilities, but 
I feel like some of the magic will be lost in a live action, but I do think Jarrell is right that you'll get more people to watch it. You might lose some of your old crowd, but you might gain a lot more people. Because, mm. I mean, face it, people might click on it accidentally thinking it's the Avatar, like, James Cameron style, you know? What if they don't know? That's, that's they, so true. They, they might just, like, accidentally happen upon it, and they're like, well, you know, might as well see it through. Whatever. Even, even old fans, I think, will still watch it. They won't lose every old fan, but they will lose some. There's a lot that there's a lot of people that won't even give it a chance for sure. Mm-hmm. But I but I think we're okay. among like all of us have seen the original. I think we're all of us are at least willing to give it a chance to see if we actually really enjoy it or not. Um, yeah, like you said, Jarrell, at best, it can capture what at least in terms of tone and storytelling, what the original did. And you're right. It could, it could get a lot of new fa- new fans in. But see, that's that's what that is like best, and it's it's really hard to make like a full. Um, whenever you do an adaptation, things have to change. It's not going to be shot for shot the same thing for going from animated to live action. That's just not how most adaptations work. But if it's at least if it at least conveys the message, then I think that's worth note. And you know, I just I really do hope for the best, even if I kind of indifferent to it at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I was excited when they used actual POC for the, for the title characters instead of what they did for the movie. For the live action, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. Like, okay, well, that's this good. It's a good first step, at least. Um, sure. And I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm also excited about, uh, this piece of news that I'm going to tell you guys, the Dungeons and Dragons, which I've been playing for a very long time. The Dungeons and Dragons next anthology is written entirely by black and brown authors. This is a article at Polygon.com written by Charlie Hall. And players will be able to journey through the Radiant Citadel, including 13 new adventures. Here is a quote from this article. It says, quote, I couldn't shake the idea of a whole book written by black and brown writers inspired by their own cultures, myths, and stories, George said. I pitched the idea of a book filled with lands and cultures inspired by their own lives, background, and history. Um, so I will say that... Uh, Okay, yeah, so I will say really quickly that I'm super excited for this. Uh, sorry. <laughs> As someone who plays dun- has played Dungeons & Dragons for a very long time, it is super dope to be able to see um, black and brown people get opportunities to actually produce some content for these books and um, bring new perspectives and new ideas and new mythologies and cultures and myths to people who probably have no idea about most of them because let's face it the tabletop role-playing game uh uh community and and uh group is very uh monolithic bunch of white dudes (laughs) it's the the nice way to say it's a bunch of white dudes um so i think it'll be really interesting to see um just them being able to learn about other cultures through their hobby or it'll also be interesting to see people boycott the the book and say that it's racist and you know all the fun things that come along with that um and since i'm already talking about race after the success of the harder they fall netflix is bringing another movie with an all-black cast to it um and (laughs) that movie also had some some no, it doesn't matter. I'm, 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 I, I bring both of these up because 
I think it's very interesting and telling to see how companies handle um, going forward with uh, diverse issues when it comes to cr- producing and creating content. And um, Netflix did give a chance to an all black cast. It was successful. And now they're opening it up to do it again. Um, uh, and uh, Dungeons and Dragons has seen that they're player base is more diverse than it seems and they've been very uh uh willing and giving to uh diversity within the dungeons and dragons um mythos i will say so that was really cool something that wasn't so cool to me was that fuzzy xbox controllers were revealed for the um hedgehog 2 sweepstakes this is from GameSpot. uh first there were grease proof xbox controllers and now there are fuzzy game pads. I am going to send you guys a picture in our chat just in case. Oh, you I've seen them. I see these uh, really disturbing-looking uh, <laughs> controllers. I am. I'm very. There, so so they're available only. I believe only through sweepstakes. And you can only win the Sonic 2 Xbox Series S custom console and controllers um, through the sweepstakes that ends April 4th, 2022. You have to be 18 or older to enter. And they just look really nasty. But I kind of want to hold one. Just I kind of, yeah, that's, that's, like. that, that was what I was thinking. I, I want to hold it. I don't know if I'd use that. Yeah. It just be like for collecting. That's that's 100% what it is, especially since it's like a sweepstakes item. Like, I don't see anyone actually using this. I mean, someone could. Whoever wins sweepstakes, they're, they're, they're welcome to do with it whatever they will. But I feel like most people that are going to get this will be like, I'm going to display this and sell it for hundreds and hundreds in about two decades or something. This is literally one of those things that I would love, love to be in the, 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 the drawing room <laughs> for deciding what the sweepstakes uh prize was gonna be and then i just want to see how we developed to furry (laughs) xbox series s controllers like what was the start of this and how did we get to this end i would love to uh to be a part of that to understand uh, the thought process and see how we ended up on that oh it's 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 real straightforward it's just marketing for the movie this movie's marketing has been absolutely crazy why furry controllers there's already that controller that they have with um i forgot the company that starts with an h um that that is like a sonic designed and people were talking crap about it because the thumbstick is where sonic's dick would be supposedly um oh my god i don't know i don't know what you're talking about you don't want to play with sonic's joystick hello (laughs) no i also don't want to play with I love the furry controller for oh. one. For two, I was looking online and just put fuzzy Xbox controllers. This is not like the first time. Oh, no. It's like, not? No, this is like um I no. see one for like literally the Xbox 360. It's just like a no. like a cover, and you just it's like fuzzy. It reminds me of like a fuzzy steering wheel co- cover or something. Sure, it's, okay, okay. It's it's so, cute. It's cute. Like just don't eat like anything greasy before you touch your own. Sort of like, you know. Oh my god. No, what you haven't seen so that, this is anti gamer. Where someone eats like 
How are they going to eat their Doritos and play? <laughs> and they just like eat it and like rub it all over their Xbox controller. No, and you're just like, I have not seen that. I don't well, like to see that. Oh, it's horrible. it's horrible. I'm sure. That's why I'm happy I haven't seen it. It's like they just take their greasy chicken covered hands and just touch just, every, everything. You're telling me about oh, it. Oh, man. This yeah. is why This is why <laughs> I very rarely <laughs> eat while playing games because I don't like getting my controllers dirty. I, I, I very much do not. But so many mm -hmm. people don't care. And I'm like, that's gross. <laughs> All right, so I'm moving on. Yes, a sex kiss was restored in Pixar's Lightyear following staff uproar over the Don't Say Gay bill. A what? <laughs> a same-sex kiss has been restored in Pixar's Lightyear, the um, the show about Buzz Lightyear, okay. following staff uproar over the Don't Say Gay bill. Also, Square Enix announced that Triangle Strategy has sold over 800,000 units on the Switch Ooh. in just two weeks. And Amazon has bought MGM Studios for eight point five billion dollars. Bro, what is what is even like what is even on MGM Studios? Uh, I mean a lot of classic <laughs> movies, certainly. <laughs> I thought th I thought MGM got absorbed by somebody else, so I was a little bit surprised by this news. I haven't Disney like MGM. It used to be MGM Studios instead of Hollywood Studios, right? It, yeah, it did. So I thought that because it was Hollywood Studios for the last maybe decade or so, that it was like, oh, the MGM must have gotten like bought up by someone else then. So then it's like, oh, Amazon has like, a, it's, it's like, I need their up for sale. It's like, what? <laughs> the right price. I, I guess. So, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> know what MGM makes these days. Like, I just know they do a lot of, you know, classic movies in the 20th century. Um, so, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, there's a, I, I did mention that there's a character in Guilty Gear Strive coming named Testament. Um, so Testament is a non-binary character, and I thought it was really cool because, I, I, I talked about this a little bit in chat, but I thought it was really cool because the voice actress for Testament is a trans woman, and I thought it was really awesome that, um, uh, Arc System Works decided to hire a trans actress to play a non-binary character in a fighting game, and it's caused some controversy. Most people who are like, why did you change the design of Testament? Testament was always a dude, blah blah blah, whatever. And then on the other side, it was just people who were just as excited as I was at the decision to make a uh, trans woman the voice of this non-binary character, which was really cool. Also, Testament has a really fucking awesome design, and I can't wait to play as them. Um, so, come fight me, bitches. Uh, Suicide <laughs> Squad Kill the Justice League was uh, delayed into 20 spring 2023. Damn, but also, yay. Game? I, I was interested. Well, we talked about this on a previous podcast where... The initial trailer, I was incredibly excited for it, and then they showed gameplay, and I was a little less excited because it looked a little more generic than I would have liked, but I was still interested. It was, I was very, it, like, I went from high up until, like, well, now I'm going to have to wait and see what the gameplay is going to be like. Um, so the the extra time, you know, I hope they make something really good out of it. Uh, so that's why I was saying, damn, but yay, because on one, mm -hmm. um, damn, this game I was kind of excited for is getting delayed, but yay for two reasons. One, um, hopefully when it comes, when it's ready to be shown again, that it will look a little less generic than I thought it did. And two, I got way too many fucking games to play in 2022. I need, I need, I, I need, I do, I do need a little rest. So if that's coming 2023, I got no complaints. Like I'm, I'm gonna be real. We talked about how, um, Advanced Wars and Forspoken both got delayed 
first uh, first spoken to in October and Advance Wars indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. As excited as I was for the, both of those games, how much those were day ones, I was still like, I'm good. I need time. I'm I'm playing through Triangle Strategy right now. Kirby comes out tomorrow as of this recording, and I'm still going through Legends Arceus. We're still doing Final Fantasy XII on the on the JRPG Club. Like, I, I, yo, yo yo bro, I need a little break. So <laughs> I, so so that means that just means my April and May are significantly more free now, and I'm about it. Take your time, people. I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah. So Microsoft's. Phil Spencer and um, what is her name? Uh, Sarah, I forgot her last name. I had a discussion at GDC and they talked about Xbox Game Pass and they talked about how game engagement goes up and subscribers spend 50% more. Um, despite that, Phil Spencer said that for us at Xbox, there's not one business model that's going to win. Obviously, Mm. that makes sense, especially because we know that essentially uh, Game Pass is not necessarily profitable. However, I wanted to talk about something Game Pass related really quick, and this is going to be the last thing that we talk about. Um, I'm Mm. sure there's more news, but we'll we'll get to it on another podcast. Um, I know that Kelly has experienced Game Pass. Brandon, I know that you have an Xbox that you probably have not turned on in a very long time, um, but have the option to use Game Pass if you so choose. Um, Briefly. How do you guys feel about, and this was um, one of the tweets that I saw in there, it was a question of how do you guys feel about Game Pass removing games um, from its library? Mm. So it's very similar to what... uh... Netflix does, honestly, because not everything on Netflix, you know, has always been there and not everything on Netflix that was there is still there. So it's rotating with games. It's it's same. It's similar, but different because like with Netflix, you know, if it's a series and you're like watching it and then it gets taken off Netflix, we're like, well, shit, now I can't finish it's a similar thing with games. Like, if you're playing through a game... Jarrell, you experienced this. You were playing FF12 on Game Pass, weren't you? That's why yeah. I brought this up. I, it wasn't me, personally. Okay. One of our one of our members in uh, JRPG Club was playing Final Fantasy XII through Game Pass. And then one day, they got on, on to play it, and it was just gone. Like, there was no... There's no and my biggest complaint was that there was no indication anywhere on the xbox saying what was being removed and okay. I, you know, I might be wrong so i i'm sure kelly's had it longer than i have so i'm sure she can correct me if i'm i'm wrong but as far as i know there's no indication on the actual xbox about what's leaving game pass and every time that i've seen it i've had to go to another website to see okay here's what's coming and here's what's leaving yes and my biggest complaint was just that I think it's kind of not fair <laughs> um, to, to I, I personally, obviously they can't hold games forever on Game Pass. Sure. I'm, I, like, I get that. However, I think that if I'm paying for a service and there are so many titles, me personally, it feels kind of not great to me to know that I have a time limit on a lot of games, but I don't know when that time limit is. And um, there have been games on Game Pass that I've added to my library that I want to try and then they just leave. And the whole point of me getting Game Pass is to essentially be able to try some games possibly before purchasing them. Um, Other games, yeah, I want to play through the... Like, I know there are games that I'm going to go on Game Pass and play through the whole thing. I also know that there are games on Game Pass that I just want to try out 
um, and see if it's worth a commitment to play uh, to pay a full 60 bucks and want to play with friends. A great example is Outriders, right? I wanted to try Outriders before I spent $60 on it. Um, I tried it with Kelly. I enjoyed it. I spent $60 on it, made a mistake. Um, however, <laughs> the option of trying it out was there. You know, we were able to play Back for Blood. That was another one that I was like, okay, I think I kind of want to play this, um, but I already have it on Game Pass, so being able to try it out is a great deal. Um, but it just sucks when, when when you're playing a game on Game Pass paying for a service and it's just removed. And I, I think that it's different from Netflix because if a movie or show is uh, taken off of Netflix, it is much easier to go watch it than it is to try to finish a game that's taken oh, off of Game Pass. yeah, you very true. I mean. very you can true. go finish that somewhere else. However... If a game's taken off Game Pass, you're kind of stuck. And, you know, I, I don't like it. I don't like that there's no indication of what's leaving. I don't like that there's not, like, a time... Or, or maybe I don't know if there's a timeline, so if someone watching this knows that there's a timeline, tell me. But as far as I know, there's no real timeline of how long a game is supposed to stay on Game Pass. Uh, and, and that just kind of sucks. I'm paying $12, $13 a month and never know when... I haven't been able to play Kingdom Hearts 2.8. It's in my Game Pass library. That's just gonna leave tomorrow, and um, as soon as I get ready to start it, boom, gone. Give me back my money, but they won't. Sorry, that was a really long tangent, but yes, this this did happen. This happened to someone who was playing Final Fantasy XII: The Zodiac Age through Game Pass for JRPG Club, and then one day it was just gone. No notification, no indication. They just couldn't start the game. I had to literally go on Google and look it up and find on a website that it was gone, and that's why it wasn't working. Mm, yes, yeah, so literally... go ahead, Kelly. I'm just scrolling through Game Pass and there's not a single one that says it's leaving How long soon gonna, yeah. or yeah. anything. And I think that would be an, a feature that they should add because they have new and coming yes. soon, but they don't yep. have anything leaving soon. Yeah, so, and, and that's, that's a problem because Netflix, to its credit, does have that. It'll tell you what's leaving. Mm -hmm. you know, and then you'll, it'll only tell you the exact date it's leaving. So and if sometimes it's... A cool to like see that because like what if you like see a game's gonna leave you might try it you know exactly yeah exactly. no yeah there's no there's i don't i don't see any downside to letting people know if a game is getting taken off uh because like you said like kelly said um you could try you you'd be willing to try it if you know it's going or consequently you won't waste your time be like that's a big ass rpg and that's leaving in a week i'm like all right let me just not waste a week playing this exactly. game and not be able to, and that I'm not going to be able to finish, you know? So okay. it's, so it's, it's not only like a good business thing, but it's also a good PR move. So people don't yes. have time playing I mean, a game they can't finish. We are literally halfway through Final Fantasy Told the Zodiac Age. Like, imagine being halfway through a Final Fantasy game and then just having it being taken away from you. Luckily, right. the only caveat to the story is that you can buy <laughs> Final Fantasy XII used at GameStop for like four bucks, which is what I, I ended up doing. I bought it for that person for four bucks on, on Game Pass, uh, GameStop, excuse me, at GameStop used. Um, but then fuck them because they charged me $4 to ship it, so it ended up being $8, and I was like, y'all are trash. Y'all could just ship it to the store that's near me, and then I don't have to pay for that, and I paid my $4, but whatever. I will pay $8 for that game. Um, but then that just means for me, or for that person, that Game Pass subscription for what? Uh, you know, what is uh, 15 times 3? 45. 45? Mm -hmm. That's $45 that they spent, um, that they were going to continue to spend perpetually, essentially possibly spending more than 60 bucks to play Final Fantasy XII The Zodiac Age when we could have just bought it for 4 bucks and played it that way and not been subscribed to Game Pass. That's true, too. 
Only for the game to leave. So, um, yeah, so my question was, how do you feel about, sorry, how do you feel about uh, Xbox removing games from Game Pass? Uh... Go ahead, like, Kelly. And, and I, I say that knowing that, yes, they have to. I know they have to, but how do you feel personally about them removing games and how, how they do it? I don't... I think they should have some indication that they're removing it. I mean, I know the games have to be removed, but, like, I don't want to just go on there one day and just find it's gone. You know, I'm down... I just saw that they had Subnautica below zero, so I'm, like, downloading it right now for Game Pass. <laughs> and I, like, hope they don't take it off. Yeah. I've been wanting to play that game for ages, so don't judge me. No, no, no. I, I mean, me too. Literally, a friend of mine was asking me if I had played it before, and they were like, no, it's on Game Pass. And I was like, all right, bet it's on my backlog. But I just don't think Game Pass works out for people with backlogs like me. It, it just yeah. never will. It's not something that's lucrative for me to be paying $15 a month to not be able to play games um, and then have no indication when they're leaving. And just knowing that I'm not owning any of them and I have to work on someone else's timeline, even if it's months at a time, I necessarily might not get to it. So I don't like that games leave Game Pass. I think it's like, I think if I'm renting, it's like Gamefly. I think Gamefly is a better service because Gamefly allows you to rent a game for as long as you want. Like you have that shit until you are done with it, no matter how long you take to finish it. And I feel like that's a better practice than um, what Game Pass does. So, yeah, but you get one game. True, but that also lets me and focus it's on that one. to you. True, but that also lets me focus on that one game for cheaper than, you know, paying a monthly subscription service for a game that I don't physically have that can leave any time. That's true. I think it's another pro and con situation because for the reasons Kelly said, those are pretty big cons. But it's also what Drell said. Wait, why is that a con? It's cons because, like she said, it's one game and it has to be mailed to you. So if you're somewhat like, here's the benefit of Game Pass. What's bad about that? (laughs) It just takes time to get things in the mail. I mean, Game Pass, like, I'm going to download this and I could be playing it in 10 minutes, literally. And 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 you're not going to be playing a game from Game Pass. And it's just the the one. Here's 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 the pro for, for Game Pass. Um, if you play, if you play, get a game on Game Pass, and you find out I don't like this at all, delete it, download another game. Whereas if you're doing like uh, GameFly, you're sending the game and realize, man, I don't like this. Send it back, and now I have to wait for the next game to come out. Game Pass gives is I think is a a very modern system because it provides instant gratification to the consumer. They can download as many of the games that happen to be on Game Pass as they want, uh, go back in between them, and then if they don't like it, they don't have to keep playing. Whereas GameFly, that's a that is a commitment. That is the, that that that's uh you have to know what you want basically. So Gamefly? there's there's benefit there's benefits and negatives to both. I think it just depends on the consumer. If you GameFly know, should really do a digital thing though. Oh now my god! I'm thinking about a, it. It would be it, great if it did a digital thing. That'd be incredible. Literally everything you're saying to me is a con, not a pro. Why? Because the Xbox, well, the Xbox does have one terabyte of uh, storage, but you can only download X amount of games before that shit is full. And now you have to go play those fucking games. Uh, No, you don't have to. Yes, you do because you never know when they're gonna leave. So like you gotta go, you gotta go. That's true. You don't know when they're gonna leave, Um, so you do have to. (laughs) That to me is not a pro. Sure. Um, that's not me. Uh, you know, you have a limited amount of storage. So yes, there's yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. library of games. But if you're playing, and this is if you're playing on Xbox, obviously you have, I would assume, more storage if you're playing on PC. But if you're playing on Xbox and you've got Game Pass or Xbox like I do, 
I only I could only download uh, you know I have five or six games on there from Game Pass and that's it mm-hmm. and I have to delete other ones to try new ones that I wanna that I wanna try out which means if I'm not done with one of the other ones I'm gonna have to delete it re-download it later if it's still there to download another one it's not as simple as you know quick gratification all the time so that's not necessarily a pro to me yes however. So- I will wait for my new game to come in the mail while finishing another game on my backlog. That's not a problem for me. I'll, I can wait. I can wait until for, I receive it for, and for, I can play the games in the meantime. For um, a split second, the way you phrased that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have Game Pass and Game Fire. I was like, why would you take that? Me? While I wait for my Game Fire game, I'll go I'll download game. another game. <laughs> But you know, if I got it like that, why not? Um, Double rental, yeah, why not? Double rental. And, and, oh my and god, I will, that defeats the whole purpose of rental. I'll get the ones that are really long from Gamefly because I know I can play them for two years and return it sure. and not have to worry about it. <laughs> right, right. Whatever your other pro was, I had a con for it. I don't remember what it was. I just, I just like distracted my own self. Damn, um, he's ready for these counters before I even say them. Go play Ace Attorney Drill. That's another one I gotta finish. Right, Um, it is. Yeah, but you know, Game Pass. I don't know when anything's (laughs) leaving, so I gotta put everything off to play all the Game Pass games first. Because I never know when they're gonna leave. I don't know. Is Ace Attorney on Game Pass? I gotta look that up. It is not, damn. That's a really good Game Pass game because most people are only gonna play the game once. (laughs) This is a mystery. You solve it and you're done. (laughs) Anyway, it's been a wonderful night. Thank you, Kelly. And thank you, Brandon. I think we're going to go ahead and round this bad boy out. We start with, uh, Yeah, I think an hour and a half is enough time to be talking about video games. Yeah, that uh, sounds a good roundup place. Yeah, no, thank you for everyone who's been watching. Thank you for everyone listening. Thank you for everyone watching us on YouTube. Thank you for everyone listening on um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, everywhere that you are, come have a nice little listen to HP Critical. Don't be surprised if you got some ads in there. Don't skip them. Um, please uh, just listen. It's like 15, 20 extra seconds of your time. Just go ahead and listen to that ad. We really appreciate it. Also, if you like us, go ahead and give us a five-star rating on all of those platforms. It really, really helps us out. And um, yeah, I think that's everything. So uh, good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye.